It's a bitch hunt. 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 So, here's the thing, Will. Yeah, hit well, me, Jacob. Well, well, Luke and I were waiting for your your slow little tushy to get online. I was showing off uh, a recent acquisition of mine, and by recent I mean this this very afternoon. Oh, tell me um, what it is, Jacob. So I went to Trader Joe's with my mom and got some delicious food, and also got. This little guy. Wait, am I supposed to look at? Hold yeah, on. you're supposed to. You're <laughs> supposed to look uh, and describe for the listeners what you're seeing right now. It seems to be some sort of potted plant. Uh, it's it, a it, succulent. It's yeah. It, yeah. it looks like a succulent. It looks kind of like a. Um, what are those funny little guys that are kind of like echidnas but all scaly? You know what uh, I'm talking about? Yeah, armadillos. No, 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 no. They're like more special than that. They're super endangered. Uh, I think they're you're hunted thinking, for their pelts. I think you're thinking of echidnas. No, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about the fun little scaly guys. A pangolin. Yeah, yeah. It's like the pangolin of succulents. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say that I necessarily agree with that, but it is a fun little kind of. Sc- well, you know what? I do agree with that. It's, it's a fun like, scaly yeah. little guy. It's like if you took a, a sea monster, like the, the kraken or something, and you uh-huh. gave it the skin of a pangolin and then turned it into a plant. <laughs> like a bonsai version of that? Is that... Well, it's, no, a bonsai is like also, a little tree. Yeah, it? it's also on my mind because I went to the Como Conservatory again with my lovely mother, who is a listener of the show. Um, oh, hi, Miss Larson. <laughs> You don't you don't need to call her Miss Larson anymore, Will. You had her as a teacher twenty one years ago. Oh just shit. Call I her, don't know. Just call her mom. Yeah, you can just call her mom. She she'll <laughs> appreciate that. Um so <laughs> the uh the idea was uh we were collectively gonna name name my my succulent. Well, I think we could start with Pango. Pango? I feel like that's a, a great name, but B, a little bit close to Tango. My sweet dog's name, yeah. Which feels like a bit of a ripoff. How but about I, Yu-Gi-Oh? He's got, it's got like crazy hair. How about does, Como? It could be Como. Um, or it could be, uh, could be Pomo. A combination of Pango and Como. <laughs> a combination of Como and esoteric. Fear of Missing Out. <laughs> Uh, I think we could do better than that. It's rather uh, evocative. It is. It, it looks kind of like uh, when you brought up the Yu-Gi-Oh hair thing. It also kind of looks like uh, you know Beaker from the Muppets. It does. Oh yes, it looks a lot like Beaker. It's so, got a, li- a, a bit of a spiky aesthetic, it which does. reminds me of one of my top five Land Before Time characters, Spike. Mm. Okay, so now we're just we're throwing out names. So you're saying that you should name it Ducky. Or no. Littlefoot. The the story of the uh, voice actor who plays Ducky is too tragic. Yeah, I, I just heard about that. Yeah, and let's not talk about let's it. Let's not talk. It about ruined it. my day. No, I don't want to ruin anybody else's day. Um, so I'm getting a Beaker vibe. Luke is getting a uh, Spike vibe. 
Will's getting a pangolin vibe. How can we combine all those things into one name that isn't Spike Pangolin Beaker? Because that doesn't roll off the tongue at all. Hmm. I think you've you've tasked us with an impossible challenge, Jake. <laughs> I, maybe this isn't the right way to go about it. I think we can combine any two of those words, but all three is a maybe too much. Spangolin? <laughs> it's a mouthful. I don't like it. That sounds. It could a be little... speaker. Yeah, it already sounds patriotic a word. too. It's already a word. Yeah, spangling does sound a little, a little patriotic for my taste. Oh, I was gonna say it sounds a little bit, um, you know, sultry or something. <laughs> <laughs> More like just dirty. Yeah, it sounds a bit dirty. A little well, bit cheeky. This, this isn't a cheeky little guy. This is just also a cute, like if you're like guy. if you're like bringing over a guest, like this is my succulent Spangolin. They're <laughs> they're gonna ask you at least three more times what the name of that plant is. <laughs> Which I mean, in, in some ways, that's a good thing. It's a conversation starter, uh, but in other ways, it's also kind of a conversation ender because <laughs> the, the, the reason yeah, because everyone will just immediately leave your apartment <laughs> and never come back. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to do that. Uh, it looks. I. I, I kind of like the sea creature thing. Like it looks like a an anemone kind of, or like something that you'd find in a tide pool. Yeah. Um. Maybe you're right. Maybe this was an impossible task. You could name it after a Minnesota hero. Uh, but which Minnesota hero? Well, There's gotta so be, many of them. Got to be Kirby Puckett, right? It kind of has to be Kirby know. Puckett. He, he has a checkered past. Uh, allegedly. You know who, allegedly. Let you know me, who doesn't have even a single allegation raised against him is Joe Maurer. Oh, it could just be Joe. It could be Joe the plant. Uh, you know what? I kind of like it. Uh, when I first heard that you uh, say that just now, I balked at it uh, just a tiny bit. But you know what? It It kind of feels like a Joe. And you can sing Weezer's Say It Ain't So, but Say It Ain't Joe every time you're watering Joe. Say it ain't Joe. But then I'll, I'll have to say that it is Joe. Can its, can its full I'll, name I'll be Joe Flower? Yeah, yes. <laughs> All right. There we have it, folks. The but spelled F-L-A-U-E-R. Yes. Uh... The search has come to an end. It was long. Jacob, you're, was you're holding that up to the camera as if our listeners can see it. I, I just <laughs> want to show you guys because I really like it. I really love okay. it a lot. Um, it is very, it's a, it's a beautiful plant. Now, I actually, as it turned out, I pulled a fast one on both of you because I also got another plant. Uh, which okay. is this plant? But we're, we're, I'm not gonna have you name. I'm not gonna have you name this. My one. office mate has a plant exactly like that, except it's much larger and much more bug eaten. Really? Yeah. Well, let's hope that that's not in the future for this plant because it's it's gorgeous. It's it does look really tasty, so you might want to protect no. it against Don't predators. Don't say that. Don't say that. It's not tasty looking. It's just very uh, it's very aesthetically pleasing. It Looks like something beautiful. Spike from Land Before Time would love to no, munch on. No one yeah. doesn't. It has. It's nothing. I would like name a, it Spike. Okay, this one's named Spike because I, I would don't name wanna, it Candy because it's so tasty looking. <laughs> I don't want to go through the process of trying to name this. So it's going to be named... No, it's, I'm going to come up with a name on my own because I don't trust you guys to name things anymore. Oh, I get... So you're you're picking the, your least favorite son for us to name, but 
holding Maybe. out on your on the most beautiful one. I think it's <laughs> my right to name that plant personally. All right. So uh, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't take that tone with me, Will. Well, you know what's interesting? What's, what's interesting, interesting Luke? Luke? Most of the time, when things have names, uh-huh. they come of age. <laughs> <laughs> and our theme be... this week is coming of age story. Luke, that might be your best segue yet. And let me tell you, I know, it, some, it was pretty good. You've had some, did, you've had some real bangers. There's just like <laughs> chunks of um, drywall just like everywhere from the, the, the square peg that you rammed into that round <laughs> hole. The, the thing is like, there is a good, there is a good analogy there somewhere, uh, which you, you nailed, you knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> a, a plus for a plus. me. A plus. Uh, so yeah, we're we're talking coming of age stories. Uh, you know them. You love them. You watch them all the time. Uh, sometimes they might make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Sometimes they might remind you of your painful past. But one way or the other, they're sort of bittersweet experience. You know, they're 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 kind of the thing that they're they're meant to make you go ah. You know? But not not necessarily in that order. Yeah, maybe like, oh, yeah. There's there's a post credit scene where you're kind of like, uh, it's not coming through very well on your microphone. Well, whatever you're trying to do there, the, yeah. the noise gate will probably get that one. Okay, oh, well. juice that up in post. <laughs> yeah, I'll just have to trust you on that. Um, so. Who's going to go first? I can, I can go first this time, as uh, I might be the only person who has any idea what they're going to be pitching. I, I have a confession to make, guys. Yeah? I, I'm totally unprepared for this one. That, yeah, I'm shocked. I, I'm normally, shocked, I, I have something, and this week, I accidentally took a nap before recording, and here I am. Here you are, unprepared, naked on your birthday. So you're not saying that uh, the the seeds of sleep have given birth to a beautiful plant of inspiration? No, my after work naps are just like so dreamless, dense dreamless. And dreamless. <laughs> it's they're really sad, and they honestly don't make me feel more rested. <laughs> so why that's do you the do worst. it? That's the worst. I, it kind was of nap. an accident. Uh, no, I, I understand that, Lake. I, I have naps like that, like pretty often to be honest like i'll be very tired and then i'll go to sleep and then i'll wake up feeling much worse than i did when i when i went to sleep and realizing that i just wasted like more hours than i probably should have yeah uh, doing absolutely nothing um and as i was telling luke I, i can go first um the idea that i had for this week's pitch actually also is sleep related sort of because I came up with this idea while I was falling asleep last night um, and woke up remembering only only a hint of it. Uh, I know that it was a great idea because it was the feeling of satisfaction um, that I got from having come up with this great idea was what lulled me off to sleep. Um, so I'm just hoping that I'll rediscover it as as I pitch because I remember I remember the premise but very little else. 
Boy, you're you're playing with a, a risky hand here, Jacob. But I'm, I'm, I'm playing I'm, the hand that I've got. Will all it's, right? Let's, it's all that let's I hear have. It. I just have one hand. All right. Um, so my film starts off in a lovely rustic Amish community. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, where in, where are we gonna be? We're gonna be. I think we gotta be in Pennsylvania. Um, Perfect. Just like, outside of Lancaster. <laughs> exactly. I know where that is. <laughs> All right, you guys are gonna have to forgive my ignorance here, but are the Pennsylvania Dutch? Are they Amish or are they a different thing? I think they're kind of Pennsylvania Dutch, which is a thing unto itself. I could okay. be wrong about that though. But but they're just like reason, also a lot of Amish people in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I, for some, I, I think so. I, I have that sense. Like, I know that there's an Amish community in Iowa, too. Uh, so I'm not sure why that wasn't the first thing that came to my mind. But we're in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania the, sounds good to me. We're we're definitely in Pennsylvania. Um, so we're in a schoolhouse, a uh, one-room schoolhouse. Um, and you're full of students. And in the back of the class sit uh, the, two, the two star pupils who are... Uh, who are 13 and 14 years old, uh, a boy and a girl, and they're both sort of in eighth grade. Um, you know, in Amish communities, those things are fluid, I'm assuming. They're, I'm going to make a lot of assumptions about the Amish from this point on in the pitch, and already have. Uh, <laughs> to so, our Amish listeners. <laughs> I apologize. Forgive Jacob. I apologize in advance, and also not in advance, because I've already made some assumptions. But you're and just also, gonna have to bear with I don't me. know how you're listening to our podcast, but good That's job. That's beside the point. Hopefully somebody is maybe uh, broadcasting this on a loudspeaker outside of your humble community, and you happen to be listening. If so, uh, welcome. Uh, this, is a, this is a podcast about movies. You may have heard of them. Uh, they are moving pictures on a screen. Uh, so we're in the schoolhouse. Back of the class are these two students, uh, and... It turns out these these are these are star students. Um, they're both more or less in the eighth grade, um, and they both they're both looking for a little bit more. You know, there's there's a lot that you can do in an Amish community, but these two are they're a couple of rebellious teens, and uh, they have they have aspirations on on getting out of Dodge, so to speak, and uh, moving to a community where they they maybe can can do a bit a little bit more uh okay so is that the extent of their rebellion just that they are rebelling against the norms of amish society or are they actually like troublemakers in a way too oh they're they schemers real trouble they're they're schemers luke they're they're real troublemakers uh at the back of the class they're sitting there they're mixing up some paint uh and jury rigging uh mixing also chemicals and making some uh some jury rigged uh aerosol bombs. cans. Okay. No, no not better. bombs. No, these aren't <laughs> terrorists. These aren't domestic terrorists. They're just they're troublemaking teens. Uh and then the wholesome kind of troublemaking too. I mean, again, these are good students. They're they're good kids. We we like these kids. You know, they're not they're not hellions. They're just Yeah, uh, I don't I don't really like kids. They're pranksters. <laughs> well if you don't like kids, you're probably not gonna like these two. But uh 
Your coming of age movie is just going to be about how these shitty, shitty people grew up and (laughs) are stopped being (laughs) shitty because they're not kids anymore. Uh, That's how it always works. I'm looking forward to that. Um, But these two, they're precocious. They're smart, but they're, they're just not destined to be. uh, And I I don't want to be offensive to Amish people, but uh, they're not destined to be these, these simple simple folk <laughs> there's no way to say that okay. without being offensive <laughs> you're basically you you don't think that they're gonna be showing themselves again after the rumspringa i uh i don't know what that means it's oh. it's like the year when amish oh they go out into get the world to they go ham yeah yeah. So that's the year that uh, that they're about to embark upon. Because <laughs> that's a thing already. Instead of doing apparently. it at seventeen, they're going to do it at thirteen. They're going to do it at thirteen or fourteen because they have moved up uh, a few grades in Amish society. They've, yeah. They've so when you when you grades. said eighth grade, you really meant they're about to graduate. They're about to graduate, but they're still young, young enough to have a coming age coming of age story about yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. Uh, we get to know them a little bit. We get to know their families. Uh, one of the families is actually, they came, they were not uh, born in the Amish tradition. They they came from the outside world and decided they just wanted a simpler life. And so they, again, don't want to be uh, pejorative when talking about the Amish. Uh, I'm just using that as a as a shorthand for saying that they don't use as much technology. Your pitch is just going to be littered with these uh, asterisks. <laughs> That's the last time I'm going to apologize for being rude to the audience. It, it won't be. Yeah, just own it, Jacob. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to own it. I have How about a, this? How about a, this? How about this? I have a grudge against uh, right. the Amish. Uh, this is, uh, Amish people are not simple, but this particular community is very simple. <laughs> it's just like a, a very dumb Amish community. <laughs> this is kind of like the remedial Amish community of Pennsylvania. Like we're all the the Amish people that uh, that failed at being farmers and and barn raising barns and right. stuff. We're sent. That's why it's not in Lancaster. It's outside of Lancaster. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. It's like the, they were the, ousted. <laughs> they're like the Sackville Bagginses of the Amish. The yeah, and that's actually their name. Uh, the name of the the one family that I haven't talked about yet. They're the. Uh, this this young girl uh, is the daughter of uh, Jeremiah Sackville Baggins. Her, <laughs> her name uh, is uh, Jeremiah-ish. Um, and who's going to play her? See, this is a problem that Does I it have. matter? It, it, doesn't ma- it doesn't really matter. Uh, as I've said before, I, I don't really know that many uh, actors under the age of you know, being in, in regular movies. Like, I don't yeah, know I was having a actors. problem with this too. And I just gave up. So you're not going to get actors from me, but, uh, yeah. the, the young boy who is the, the son of the outsiders who have moved into the Amish community will be played by Jacob Tremblay. Yes. Um, <laughs> a p- what pitch can't hunt this veteran. man do? <laughs> pitch hunt veteran, Jacob Trombley. Um, the young girl will be played by, uh, you know what? We're, we'll put out a casting call. It, it, Mariah Carey. <laughs> we do no, not know not, her age, so we we don't know. But it it won't be Mariah Carey. I'm sorry. Uh, for all of her talents, I don't think she can pull off being a 13 year old girl. I think they've narrowed it down to low 40s. I, so you know, <laughs> the scientists are still working on the exact year. But sure, sure. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, 
anyway, we, we've we've been introduced to this family. There, you know, there are these these two families, these two kids. They're they're going about their daily lives, and uh, they discover that there is a uh, nearby high school that is looking to diversify a little bit in in terms of uh, technological abilities, and they're offering scholarships uh, specifically tailored to Amish folks. Uh. And, that uh, seems controversial. It poaching. Is very, it's very controversial. <laughs> and uh, the the elders of the village find out about this and they're they're against it. Uh, the parents the parents of the outsiders, uh, the outsider parents are very against it also because they just they simply didn't want this for their uh, for their son son Jacob Trombley, uh, which is it's gonna be his name because that's the only <laughs> thing I can refer to him as. It sounds Amish enough. It does. Jacob sound Tr- Amish. Trombley Sackville. <laughs> They're not all from the Sackville Sackville Baggins family. Just that. Well, a lot of them are, but these guys are outsiders, so they're okay. they're not Sackvilles. Uh, these are just these are these are the proud feet. So his name they're is, outsiders. His name is Jacob Proudfoot. Um, he could be Jacob Ponyboy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different coming of age story. This is not going to be a mashup, at least not a mashup of that. Uh, anyway, they these two decide that uh, you know they're just precocious enough to to sneak off during the night and get some applications, and they end up being accepted to this school. Um, so they show up at the school, and uh, this is something that's been hidden up until this point. But we find out that it is a specifically like a technical school like a, a technological high school like think the uh think the MIT of high schools okay except Pennsylvania Pennsylvania uh high school of technology uh aka fit <laughs> uh or p I'm I'm open to either uh so they I bet it's Academy of Technology and it's fat with a PH. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Pennsylvania High Academy of Technology Fat, perfect. Uh, so they arrive at Fat. Um, their their parents try to keep them from going. Uh, the rest of the community just kind of is is real upset about it because it's a you know it's against what they wanted wanted for these these two bright children. They wanted these two bright children in a in a community of dunces to bring them to bring their standing up amongst uh, the other Amish communities. But that it simply isn't, it seems that that, that isn't meant to be because these two are off. They're off to fat and uh, it's a residential school. And so they, uh, they each, they each meet up with their, their roommates. We got some, we got some foibles going on. We got some hijinks. We got some classic misunderstandings as these, these different worlds collide. Um, Jacob Proudfoot is uh is rooming with uh this world class robotics student uh who has been poached from elsewhere in the country. Uh So he's also Am- Amish? Jacob Proudfoot? No, the roommate. No, the roommate is an Amish. The roommate is is just a is a is a whiz kid who's grown up, you know, around computers and stuff. Think a think a a, a greasy hacker. Ooh. All right. Uh, picture that in your mind's eye, if you will. Um, I can. I can and I am. It's all I can think about at this point. 
He's uh, just constantly typing into his computer, and there's just like this very one fast. one command console that's just filling <laughs> up with text, and it, it means absolutely nothing. Exactly. And he's like, I've gotten into the government databases. <laughs> that'll uh, be that'll yeah. be the first line of dialogue uh, at the school. Guys, so, I've worked in tech for almost for over three years now, and I've never heard the term mainframe in my life. I don't actually think mainframes exist. Will, I Do you actually that you, work in tech? I was going to say, I don't think that you really are working in tech. I think you're working in something that might be tech adjacent, but if you're not, yeah, I guess will, mainframes on it the It sounds daily. to me like you're working in an Amish community. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so his greasy roommate. His greasy roommate, uh, Chad. Uh, he's real greasy. He's real. He's real text tech jargony, uh, and so it's it's tough. It's tough for for our pal Jake, Jacob. Um, he just you know this is a new world for him. Meanwhile, Jeremiah uh, is also <laughs> she she's roomed with she's rooming with a, a person who is a real really advanced uh, like. Her, her, the way that she got into the school because this is an academy that that only uh, it's only for the the best and the brightest of the technological world, except for these two Amish kids, um, who are just very bright and part of a part of, like basically diversity hires, um, and so her roommate, uh, uh, who is named uh, Caroline, is is a, a master robot builder, um. And has gotten in because she she designed some uh, fancy robot that like helps feed sick people. Um, wow! Which is you know it's good Caroline's stuff. my hero. <laughs> Caroline's the best. Uh, but Jeremiah doesn't get along with Caroline because Jeremiah uh, is the worst. She's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> wait, we we are supposed to be rooting for these kids, right? They're precocious, but. Uh, the thing is, when they're confronted with this world of, of people who are have been seeped in technology for their entire lives, it's just it's a little much for them, you know. Uh, but we don't we don't hate Jeremiah, uh, but she just she has a hard time getting along with with these these uh, the this roommate that she has. So Jeremiah and and Jacob remain close through it. The, the first few weeks of school while they're going to these classes and they they meet up often and uh, share their their tales of the things that have been going on in their classes and how weird it is to be out of the Amish community and amongst these 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 big old geeks um, and they start although this this didn't really happen before a, a, a spark starts to emerge become them uh, between them. Uh, because because of this connection that they have, mm-hmm. um, and so, because now they're near electricity. <laughs> exactly, they're near electricity all the time, and they're so ignorant about it that they're you know, like going around sticking forks now. Let's, I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> so sparks are everywhere, and they end up burning down one of the science centers. <laughs> so now they're not only partners in love, but also partners in crime on the run from the law. <laughs> Uh, none of that happens. What does happen is uh, they start to uh, just the two of them kind of shy away from all these new people, and they find themselves uh, gaining an appreciation for the lifestyle that they had one, and gaining an appreciation for uh, the sight for sore eyedness of of one another. 
So there's there's a mutual attraction. Um but it's it's causing problems because the two of them are uh they're not they're not really they're not really buying into this whole program that they so so generously were given scholarships to get into. So this goes on for a while and eventually they have to meet up with with a dean and the dean is like, you know what, guys? We think it's great that you two are oogly googling each other, um, but wait, so it's to, that's obvious. It's that obvious. I mean, they spend all all the all uh, all of their time together. They're just making out constantly. <laughs> yes, they're making out constantly in the library. It's so loudly that it's a distraction to everybody who's trying to trying to read their books. And there's a very grumpy librarian who shushes them all the time. And the library will there be a montage like? At first, they start to hold hands, and that's kind of loud. So you see, you it's see like, the the librarian <laughs> print off a sign that says "no hand no holding, holding," and then point to it. Uh huh. And, and then and then they start to hug, and then a new sign for no hugging goes exactly. up. And then they start a smooching, and they have to put up a no smooching sign. And all the while, all these other all these other uh, students are really upset about this because these two Amish kids are ruining ruining all ruining all the uh all the good times for everyone. The library yeah, the library is be, the best place to hold hands. It is the best place to hold hands and people had been meeting up in the library to hold hands for, for years and years. There's a, a great tradition of that at this at FAT, but uh these two <laughs> Amish kids have come in and ruined everything. <laughs> As the Amish always do. Um but they have they have this meeting with the dean. Uh, the librarian has has reached a tipping point and is on the verge of a mental breakdown because of how loud these two kids are being. And uh, so the dean decides that uh, they 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 have to do something about it. So they they take drastic measures. <laughs> um, th- there's more to it than that. Like there have been students who are. Uh, not able to study because they're making out so loud and like all that sort of thing. So the dean's punishment isn't as arbitrary and harsh as it, it would seem if it was just one librarian who's mad at them. But the dean decides that the two of them they they are not allowed to spend time together. Oh no! Which is a, it's a it's a jerk move. Like there's no two ways about it. It's 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 a mean dean sort of thing. But. Uh, it's enforced, and so they're they're forced to to be apart. And uh, how do they cope with that? They they don't cope with it all that well uh, at first. So Jeremiah, now without her her lover, is forced to get to know her roommate Caroline. And who's the best? Who's the best? And it's 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 good for it's good for Jeremiah. Jeremiah learns a lot. She learns to to appreciate her. The best roommate, Caroline, um, and she starts to to hang out in the robotics lab a little bit. And uh, Jacob, oh shit, does she build a robot, Jacob, and then start making oh. out with that? <laughs> Believe it or not, you actually you you called it. You called it, Luke. <laughs> I was going to talk about what was Wait. going on with Jacob first, <laughs> oh, which was that he was, he slowly slips into. Luke, why do you to, keep on ruining ideas, to man? Greasy, greasy. I, did, I just thought it would be funny. Um, but yeah, Jeremiah <laughs> builds a robot, uh, and it, it, yeah, it's a, it's like basically a robot version of, of Jacob, and uh, 
slowly but and painfully but surely and and eventually she teaches it to love and uh, this mm. this becomes her her robot lover jacob was this all part of your dream <laughs> <laughs> or do you just frequently dream about sex robots <laughs> uh only when i'm lucky uh no this this wasn't part of my dream this has been approximately 99% spitballing um <laughs> but this is this is what it's come to so uh deal with it i guess she, Once you go down builds, the road of sex robots, she, there's no turning builds, back. It's not a sex robot. It's just like a. It's just like a. Like a. You said it becomes her lover. You said those words. I never. Well, you're right. I did say those words. I'm not going to deny that I said those words. <laughs> you uh, meant like teenage dream, you know? Yeah, like a teenage dream. Not, I oh. know, we're not getting graphic <laughs> here. Yeah. This is a, like a 13 year old girl we're talking about. So, Luke, get your mind out of the gutter. They're just they're just making some nookie, um, which I really hope isn't a euphemism <laughs> for sex. <laughs> I have always assumed that that was that was a more of a makeout euphemism. Anyway, she has a she has a robot as a lover. Things are going great. Jacob has become <laughs> relationship is blossoming. L- Jacob has now been holed up in his <laughs> Jacob. His, what the dictionary definition of nookie <laughs> is sex. <laughs> Sexual activity or intercourse. <laughs> well, uh, I learned something new today. <laughs> they're not making nookie. They're making nookie light. Okay, they're just, they're just, they're just fool. I'm not even going to say that. They're they were just, just bumping uglies, which I assume not, is no. the uglies are lips in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> They were just shagging, which okay, you know just okay. means me make, uh, make making this... out vigorously, oh. so that the shag of your beard is is very <laughs> frictionful. You know, I'm gonna make this very clear. I'm gonna say it once, and then we're gonna move on. They She's were just not fucking with their sex lips with the robot. <laughs> All right, I've said it. We're moving on. Okay, <laughs> there's no human robot sex involved in this beautiful, tender coming of age story. Um, but things are about to get a little less tender and beautiful, um, because time passes and the, uh, like sort of restraining order thing that the Dean has, has put on these two expires. Um, and Jacob emerges from his, his greased up, not greased up, just greasy den of, of hacking. And, uh. It's like, yo. So Chad's grease has gotten like all over his side of the room too. <laughs> well, no, Jacob's Jacob has his own grease because he he has become uh, he's become a hacker, just like uh, uh, just like Chad. Oh. Is he is he started breaking out now because of all that grease? He's covered with acne uh, from head head to toe, uh, from tip to tail. Oh, classic boy. classic you know coming what, of age problem. You know it doesn't get acne robots. <laughs> You're right, and that causes a problem because Jacob wants to get back with Jeremiah. Feelings are still there, but Jeremiah uh, sees what the uh, the pimply, greasy mess that Jacob has become, and is like, uh, "This robot, idealized robot version of you that I've created, is is better." No, I have tailored it to my every need, and it's it's just a better version of you. Uh, and Jacob is is heartbroken. 
But he accepts it because he has his new hacker lifestyle. Um, <laughs> yeah. <which> is, <laughs> that doesn't yeah. typically happen in coming-of-age movies. The, the, the girl's just like, I don't want to be with you. And the guy's like, oh, all right. Yeah, that, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was expecting him to hack into the robot or something. If Oh, okay. shit. Well, if this was the end of my pitch, then that complaint would be valid. But there's more. So, Jeremiah... Uh, well, I guess at this point, Jacob decides, you know what? She's got a point. Uh, I'm a hot mess. Uh, we got to do something about this. So he cleans up his act and he starts to do whatever he can to win Jeremiah's heart back. Um, and it's little by little, it starts working. And she remembers that the, uh, the love of a, of a human boy is <laughs> <laughs> it's better than any robot loving that she's getting. <laughs> Um, and eventually she decides, you know, it's time to, it's time to come back to the world of, of flesh and blood. <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ. Jacob. It doesn't Jacob, sound, Jacob, it doesn't Jacob. sound great. I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, the world of motor oil and, and <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> gears is okay. not for me anymore. It's not for me anymore. So she breaks it off with robot Jacob. Oh, how did robot Jacob take that? Robot Jacob is crestfallen, uh, and in a dramatic and ironic twist of fate, Robot Jacob goes on a rampage. Oh, no. And he just straight up kills human Jacob. What? <laughs> human Jacob is dead. So he... He never really came of age, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, I was, this is no longer a coming of age movie so much as a coming of uh, death movie. Well, the thing about this story what's is... A, what's was, the Amish afterlife like, it was Jacob? Never, it was never about Jacob. It was always about Jeremiah-ish. Although, I was hoping it was about Caroline. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's the, the best. best. <laughs> she, well, everybody thought that Caroline was the best, but as it turns out... Caroline was the reason that human Jacob died. And uh, understandably, Jeremiah's heart is broken. And she realizes that technology has done <laughs> oh. nothing but destroy her hopes, her dreams, and her lives. Her life. <laughs> Their lives. Her Wait, life. so the, the Amish have more than one life. <laughs> so Jacob will come back. <laughs> Jacob, I mean, that. I assume that was what happens in the Amish community. Somebody dies and then out in the field, like some kind of flesh pod sprouts from the ground and they're reincarnated. <laughs> like, that's the way that the Amish, Amish faith is, is like, uh, rejuvenated, right? Am I, am I wrong about that? I think you're, you're ballpark. You might be Amish-ish. <laughs> Okay, uh, that's good enough for me. Uh, basically, though, Jeremiah decides to leave the school, goes back to Amish lifestyle, where the gracious, warm Amish people welcome her back with open arms. And she realizes that everything that she needed <laughs> was in this Amish community all along. And she lives happily ever after, tending a farm and uh, loving a scarecrow version of Jacob that she puts up <laughs> <laughs> Puts up and when you say field. loving, 
I mean that in an innocent sense. Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> he's always he's only talking about boinking, which means making out, right? <laughs> Boy, well, <laughs> that's the end of my pitch. That was uh, that was pretty pretty good. Um, uh, a, a, a critique, if you will. Um, I I will only because I'm forced to. It, 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 it didn't seem, I mean, typically I feel like when you come of age, you, you kind of grow as a person rather Uh than become damaged as a person and shrink back into your sort of insular, uh, smaller world, you know, but you know, I guess some adults come of age that way. The only reason that you say that is because I didn't tell you the real ending to my Oh, oh. Which is that Jeremiah returns to the Amish community, and she decides that she's going to start her own school. And she builds the school with her own two hands. She dedicates it to her her lost love. And she spends the rest of her days turning this dumb, <laughs> this dumb uh, remedial Amish community into a beautiful, progressive, utopic Amish wonderland. The end. Thank you, Jacob. Yeah, that, I like the director's cut. <laughs> the the alternate I, ending. Yeah, I see. I pitched that to Hollywood, and they said that <laughs> it had to end with her being lonely on a farm. But what my true heart of hearts meant to tell you is that she made the entire community better, despite the tragedy that happened to her early in her life. The end. Perfect. Perfect. Let's uh, let's put that in a buggy. And strap the horse out of the front. Fly. Watch it watch it uh trundle across across the landscape as cars pass on both sides. <laughs> uh, uh Luke, you wanna go next? Yeah. So I I don't have much much planned. That's okay. But but as you were doing your pitch, Jacob, I I was just thinking about some movies that I like a lot. I was hearing a lot of gears turning and I thought it was sex robots but it it might have there been were, you just thinking of your pitch i while said Jacob that was i would only say this once but i'm forced to say <laughs> little it again. column was, a little column b there was no sex in my film okay there's PG, just nucky pg-13 yeah, you, you pitched the first pornographic film <laughs> that's, on the that's not film. true at all i'm pretty sure i've had a naked rob schneider in one of my pitches so. oh that's true that's true so a movie that i really like is what we do in the shadows. Oh. I've been thinking about it because God, there's a TV show. Great. Yes. Coming down the pipeline. I've heard that it's great. I can't and, wait um, for it. You know what they don't have is a spin-off starring a teenage girl. That's a standalone film. You're right, they don't have that. But I so feel like they're about to. We follow to. a Kiwi named Kaya. Lovely. All right. She's like 14, 13, somewhere in there. Um, and she's having a really rough go of it. She's just kind of awkwardly tall for her age. She has, you know, acne from hacker grease. <laughs> she Wait, will do that to you. Is she a student at FAT? She, yeah, she, she was a student and she's transferred back to She's at the rival college, which is thick with two C's. <laughs> <laughs> Based out of Auckland. She's got like a little bit of a unibrow thing going on. She's just been tossed the short end of the puberty stick. Yeah. And she's like a young you know Frida Kahlo. But 
but she's not like overdone. Follow. She's just kind of a realistic looking awkward teen, sure. much like Elsie. What's her name in eighth grade? Oh sure. yeah, Fisher yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Fishbone. <laughs> is that her and, name? Um, it's all this has taken its toll on her emotionally. So because it's filmed documentary style, we we get her actual insight into things she's struggling with, like um, feeling noticed and you know menstrual cramps and stuff like that. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, but but she's very funny. She talks about it in this like delightful Kiwi accent. Yeah, delightful that's what I was Kiwi gonna say. Is like, exactly. Whatever she says, it will be like thirty percent funnier because it's in a delightful Kiwi accent. Um, and all of this is, is just sort of par for the course. She's a teen just trying to survive through these awkward years, but then she gets bitten by a vampire Oh, oh. No. and she realizes, Oh crap. Now I'm, a I'm vampire. frozen in these awkward oh. years for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh. I tell you what, somehow I didn't see that coming. Despite the fact that you basically said that it was going to happen. <laughs> so this is yeah. once again a, a not coming of age, but staying the same age forever kind of a movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> in a way, yeah. But in another but way. But in another way, also, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's confusing. <laughs> there are two no, ways so, and they are mere images of each other. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um vampires are just a part of this world because uh-huh. they are in what we do in the shadows. Right. There's a community that exists. So she finds this community online and it's basically a vampire community of like uh Kylie and Kendall Jenner types. Like whoa. Okay. These these like hot teen vampires who <laughs> uh provide like fashion advice and they're okay. instagram influencers they're they're influencer vampires so these are vampires That's, that became vampires fairly recently because one of the plot points in what we do in the shadows is that they hilariously don't know how to use any modern technology because they were bitten like in the in some cases 1200s or something yeah so it's probably a mixture of modern vampires who were recently bitten and also maybe just ones who evolved. Sure, sure. And um, she goes down this rabbit hole, right, of feeling like she she's never going to change, so she needs to do what all these influencers are doing to change herself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and it becomes this uh, this parallel of sorts for, you know, young people who just don't feel good enough because of what they see on the internet. Yeah. But like forever. And, and forever. So that's that's Kaya's struggle. How far into the future do we go with Kaya? Because you got some interesting, or is it just like a snapshot of what happens soon after she's bitten? We will see her in 20-year increments. Oh, man. Okay. Uh. So she'll travel around the world, but she'll still be a teen. And we'll see her kind of physical or at least cosmetic transformation happen where, you know, she's figured out how to do makeup and stuff. And she's become a much more shallow person. Oh. And some of her personality that was that we loved so much at the beginning, it's it's gone. 
So it's like an extremely, extremely slow-moving Mean Girls, in a way. <laughs> yeah, except it's just focused on her, really. So, so is, she, is, is she also doing, like, regular teenager things? Like, as she, tra- as she travels the world, is she, like, being a high schooler? Because that would be weird. She does it sometimes, if she wants to. She, she basically just does what she wants. Like, she likes fitting in. So sometimes she will go to high school and just kick around there for a bit. Right. She's also, you know, she can't 40, stay for a super 60. long time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so these is there any um like particular notorious Instagram influencer that she has to? And find obviously, and, this and isn't kill. happening on mainstream Instagram because then people would notice. But like in on Instagram yeah, on, on, on Vampstagram. <laughs> Is there someone who she particularly idolizes that becomes a character in this story? Yeah, I think there are. Maybe it's a trio of young old women. <laughs> sure, makes sense. Um, and are they people that like knew each other beforehand, or have they just like you know they they like know each other through being influencers? And are but, are they are they all from the same era though, or do we have like? No, they're not. Okay, but. They all do essentially the same thing, which is just make young vampire women feel like they need to be prettier. Right. And that becomes a plot point because Kaya meets them years down the road and she realizes they just suck. Yeah. They're, they're Literally. Like the I mean, they're vampires. Of, oh. Yeah. They're, they, they're vampires. They literally suck, but they're just like the opposite <laughs> of Caroline. From oh. Jacob's pitch until the end when we find out she's bad, she's, I guess. Well, I okay. mean, yeah. I, 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 Let's I not relitigate Jacob's pitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, had, it's, it's had more than enough shine. <laughs> but she realizes they're, they're really just kind of nasty and shallow people. Right. And she decides at that point that... She's not going to obsess over being popular, being pretty, any of that crap anymore. She just has to become the best killer that she possibly can. <laughs> Get back to basics for vampires. <laughs> yeah. I, aside from killing a lot more people throughout the course of this film, she just becomes much more confident in who she is. And that's the, that's the coming of age moment that we see. Because nice. she realizes, yes, I have to live in this body forever but the takeaway is that you know most people view their adolescence as temporary and that's why those awkward phases are like kind of still stigmatized and i think they don't get as much attention and sensitivity as they should so yeah because everybody thinks of it as just a phase that people will grow out of so it's an interesting philosophical uh philosophical look at the way that you can you can make the best of any situation through the power of positive thinking and that's what kaya does yeah yeah she she embraces this uh no longer a phase period of her life and and she becomes a role model for her peers who are much much younger than her oh yeah (laughs) she can say it's not that it gets better the better was inside you the whole time. Yeah, and can you say that with a 
Kiwi accent. Well, uh, hold on. <clears throat> it's not like it gets bitter. The bitter <laughs> is inside you the whole time. I live inside my Honda Accord. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was gorgeous. Uh, I think you have to. So before I ship this, I just want to tell one short story about Will. One time we were in a bar. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> in a in a foreign foreign city. Jacob, have you heard this one? No, I haven't. I feel like uh, we were I'm we were playing out. a game that's that's basically truth or dare. Uh-huh. Odds are, and I dared Will to go up to someone who we noticed had an Australian accent. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, I'm I'm already breaking into a sweat from. And uh, what did you have to say to her? I I think I just said I had to say like, "Good eye, whereabouts in Australia are you from?" Uh, <laughs> and I think I actually many- pulled it off pretty well. Like I I felt like syllable for syllable, I didn't really stumble. Um, I mean, I still probably was obviously not a native Aussie, but but what ended up happening? No. I gotta I gotta tell this from my perspective because Please. it was particularly mortifying. She like <laughs> didn't even say anything. Her eyes just got like super super wide and scared, and she just like she just like turned away like really really quickly, and the whole group kind of like moved over like about a foot, and and like I just like I knew so acutely that like I was just like the worst part of this girl's night. <laughs> it made me feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then they left shortly thereafter. Yeah, it was bad. That uh from an outsider's perspective that sounds that sounds hilarious, but I <laughs> putting myself in your shoes, like I I'm getting secondhand uh secondhand sweats from imagining you in that situation, well. You know, we were like we were all like game. We were all trying to be trying to be cool and play this game, but like I realized <laughs> after that I was not going to indulge Luke any further with this. <laughs> With this thing, so it was too damaging. It's Luke's. And you know what? Well, I never apologize to you, but I'd like to take this moment to do so on the record. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow, from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you, Luke. That was a beautiful. And now let's ship my post pitch. (laughs) I ship. I ship your pitch. I ship your post. That apology, uh, it moved me, and I'm going to ship it. I was thinking that you're going to uh, ship my apology. I'm going to ship your apology. Uh, jury's still out on the on the on the pitch itself. No, that was that was very good. I, I I liked it a lot. I liked it not quite as much as what we do in the shadows, but uh, yeah, that's a high bar. It's a high bar. Yeah. All right, Will, what you got? All right, so I've got just like this sort of, I've got a stew kind of broiling here, and there's little sort of chunks of idea floating around in it. It's kind of Mm. simmering a little bit, but I'm still not exactly sure if it's done yet. But we're just going to head on into this, and we'll see how it turns out. If you heard a a rumble just then, that was my my stomach growling at Will's description (laughs) of that stew. Yeah. I just got to make sure to steer absolutely clear of robots for my pitch, and I think I'm going to be okay. So there's going to be a a boy, probably similar adolescent age, you know, Uh, maybe a little younger, actually. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make him. The thing about coming of age is you reach a point at around maybe 
10 or 11 where it really is too young. Then you got like a kid's movie on your hands. But like, I kind of want it to be sort of adolescent for reasons that you're going to find out here in a second or pre-adolescent, I guess. Uh, so the thing with this kid, this kid is actually like pretty normal, pretty, pretty popular. He's a little bit shy, but like he's got his fair share of friends and people, um, respect him. He's not bullied or anything, but he has a, a very, um, sort of shameful secret, which is he has a learning disability. He's like, he's like very, very, I just am going to say dyslexic. He's sure mm-hmm. he he just doesn't really know. Like he loves stories and he's very articulate, but he just can't really read particularly well at all sure. because he's like extremely dyslexic. Sure. And so he's like um, managed to kind of fake through school up until this point, um, which we're just going to say is like sixth grade or something. Um, and at least in in my experience in sixth grade, that was a a big like jump up in in terms of school. We were out of elementary school and starting like middle school, which is like beginning big kid school. You know, you're starting to get yeah. like actual yes. homework and stuff. I'm gonna um, say that it's it's implausible that somebody could make it to sixth grade not knowing how to read, but certainly not impossible. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it does happen. There's gonna be some Hollywood magic. I mean, there are like kids who can get (laughs) shockingly through their public education without very much literacy, but like faking your way through it is awful hard. But we're going to just say that he did because he's very sly. He's He's just clever and resourceful. Yeah. Maybe call him a bit of a class clown. Sure. Because he, he's able to rely on his, his devilish wit to get him through. And maybe he actually does try pretty hard too. like maybe he like memorizes things that he has to read out loud uh, in order to fake his way through various things. Or he's just really good at finding audiobooks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this will take place in in the current year of our Lord. So there will be a lot of online resources (laughs) for this boy. Good to know. Um, So that's wrinkle number one. Wrinkle number two uh is and i i promise you i thought of this before uh miss larson came up on the on the on the pod but that's ms uh, larson thank you very much ms larson sorry i'm really sorry it's been it's been 21 years so. <laughs> um uh the wrinkle is his father is the english teacher in his upcoming sixth oh. grade class oh. Oh. and his father Wait. is very aware of his learning disability oh um it's gonna say that would be some next level stuff if he had deceived his father up until yeah this no point he, too. so he, he, what's what's the worry that his dad will out his disability yeah, to his well that, this is this is the thing is like he's got a good relationship with his dad um you know they're they're into baseball. He fungos balls out to to him, and they have a good good time in the in the old baseball yard. And yeah, that's all it takes to be a good dad. Uh, that I mean, in my experience, fun, that's one of the things that's meant the most to me is is the the old fungo. Sure. Um, but but like no, he's like a cool dad. He's a cool hot dad. Um, <laughs> oh, he's a dilf. Yeah, he's a dilf. He's like, uh, unfortunately, Luke Perry has left us. But I was thinking, um, 
rip. Oh, who's that guy from Friday Night Lights who's like kind of a hot dad? I don't know. But it, what it really sounds like is you're talking about some dad candy. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely talking about some dad candy because you need to get your your mom demographic into this film. You know, <laughs> it's not usually something a, that we worry about, but OK, <laughs> this is a family. This is a family film, you know, and, sure. and you need to have reason for everybody to to be able to sit through it. Right on. I just Googled Dill Factors. <laughs> Should I read some out for you? Oh yeah, go for it. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Javier Bardem. Oh. Uh, sure. Brad Pitt. Ah, uh, no. No? Just right out no? Uh, he, Dwayne I mean, Johnson. Dwayne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say see Dwayne Johnson play an English teacher. And the the name of this article is 21 Celebrities That Definitely Put the F in <laughs> You know what's crazy? I've, I'm pretty sure that I've actually seen this very article before because I've been curious as to like the DILFs that I should cast and things. I was thinking of Kyle Chandler. I don't know if you know that actor. The name Oh, yeah. He, he's the coach, right? Yeah. I mean, I actually haven't seen Friday Night Lights. I just know that's his most notable role. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be in the new Godzilla film. He's in Game Night. Um, yeah, he's in Game Night. Yeah, yeah. He's the brother. He was the in cool Game older Night. brother. Yeah, yeah. He's, but he's he, been in a lot of stuff recently. He he is like someone who has hot dad written all over him. I think for sure. But anyway, um, I mean, he's not as hot as my dad. Well, of, of course not, John. John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or your dad, Will, or my dad. But yeah, I mean, we've all got some hot dads. Not everybody has dads as hot as ours. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna uh, move uh, right on from that. <laughs> moving along, uh, I think that. Well, I think that we've got. This is where the stew that is my pitch. Uh, I, I'm I'm just doing a lot of stirring, and I'm 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 kind yeah. of playing with a lot of seasoning. Uh-huh. I'm like, has it been on long enough? I don't know. It's at like, like a, it's at like a bit of a simmer. I'm waiting for that roll and boil. <laughs> because like, uh, I obviously like hilarity has is bound to ensue, but I'm not exactly sure how it should ensue. Uh, okay. I think that I think that like the big downward spiral, you know, that third act. Uh, point of no return is he's there's going to be like a lot of tension with him and his father now because he feels very exposed and he and also it's just like not a very um cool thing in general even with when you don't have a a learning disability to have your parent be a teacher i remember when i was like really really young my dad subbed for a class and Uh i thought that was super rad but like i think once you're once you're like sixth grade and above it's like oh dad come on you know when when you're when you're like a a middle school shithead who doesn't want to be associated with you know anybody that you know that's especially if you're if you're the class clown right if you've made that your identity yes exactly you're a bit of a misbehavior that would not be super dope. It would be the opposite of dope. The E-pod. It would be E-pod, exactly. Yeah. But Don't then eat- on the other hand, his dad's like really hot and cool, so... Yeah, so Ooh, it's a mixed there bag. could be a very fun scene where like he's he's trying to like go back to his... Like he, he has to sort of... He's like... 
his dad kind of shuts down his class clownedness, or maybe he's too embarrassed to be a class clown for the first couple of weeks. But then, like, he's like, oh, man, like, this English class is really, like, kicking my ass because it's just really hard to keep up. I got to get back to class clowning. And then Kyle Chandler, like, he, like, um, our, our boy, he does some, like, rad prank where, like, he, like, you know, balances a yeah, bucket he- or something on top of the the class door and then it like falls on his dad's head but then like it'd be cool if he like turned his dad inside out (laughs) (laughs) but then kyle chandler's like he rolls with the punches he's like oh i'm inside out now (laughs) does a little dance you know with his inside out skin flesh oozing yeah And, and then suddenly everybody likes his dad more than they like him well no i mean i think that it's meant to be cute you know i mean oh for the, the audiences that are, are is, capable of finding inside out in this cute. Um, <laughs> but when you're that hot, when you're as hot as what's his name? Kyle Chandler. Yeah. You can pull off inside out. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know about that. But I think that this will drive a wedge <laughs> in between Kyle Chandler and his son. But I think that um, there will be a way of kind of healing it. Uh, there's probably going to be a situation where like, I mean, classic coming of age dichotomy where like the father is a single father, like the mom is out of the picture somehow. Uh-huh. And, uh, but then also the son kind of has a crush on a girl and they, they kind of bond over their mutual, like, uh, heart sick, um, heartbrokenness or whatever you know so are they gonna get their parents together like the girl has is the daughter of a single mom who's Uh, who's some mom candy i mean that that's a possibility i guess i I, i'm not really seeing that in my stew i don't mean to steer your stew in any particular direction no i like i i kind of put up put a ladle down in that corner of the pot and i just didn't really see any protein down there so gotcha um, but I think that like, there's going to be some, some tender moments of like revealing mutual, uh, like really nicely cooked bits of steak. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about my stew now? Or are we talking about this movie? I thought we were talking about a stew all along. I'm totally lost. No, I'm just saying like, uh, like, I think that there's going to be like some really bad inciting incident where like the uh the the son finally gets kind of revealed to have this birth or uh, birth <laughs> i meant learning disability um and like the the kids all kind of laugh at him and he feels very humiliated and then the dad doesn't really know what what to do cuz he he's like the teacher in this situation he doesn't want to like r- rush to his son's defense cuz that's embarrassing but like um they kind of and then the son like acts out or something does does like a crazy really really mean prank that like uh goes too far like it injures a kid or something oh. and then they have to sort of uh they have to have a moment of kind of like okay what are we doing here let's um let's jive let's find some synergy as a father and son you know yeah again. so i i don't want to steal the momentum of this or divert it because I like the serious direction that you're moving in, but what kind of prank could possibly be more over the top than t- 
turning someone inside out. <laughs> Luke has a good point. I it was on my mind too, and I'm sure it's on the mind of the listeners right now. Um, I think probably like you know, like when you turn someone inside out, you're just taking the outside plane and putting it on the other side, right? But like, what if also what if does, it like breaks? How does Kyle Chandler recover from that? You just kind of glossed over that. Is he just yeah, inside, is he inside out, out the rest of the, of the film? <laughs> oh, he just he just does it in reverse, doesn't he? You know, I don't know. That's you all you have us. to do. To, that's all you have to do to get out of it is you just do the inside outedness backwards. That does make sense, but you never said that. So I was I had been picturing I'm sorry, him I'm inside sorry. out for this entire. I thought time. our listeners kind of knew that it was pretty easy to go back and forth. I was worried that you were losing it. You're losing the mom demographic, but uh, <laughs> you you just you just skipped over that. <laughs> but now you just have the freaky mom demographic. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I think that um, it'll be, I don't know, like, it's funny when you turn your dad inside out, but like, maybe when you turn a kid inside out so much that like, he's no longer inside out, he's like, this sort of recursive fractal of like, ever intensifying inside outedness that breaks a hole in the space time continuum. Like, and there's just a, like the kid is a black hole now, you know? Yeah. Like when that situation happens, like then you got to go to the nurse and get that all sorted out. And that's no fun. Yeah. Back on board. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit less on board now because I feel like you just, you brought up a lot more questions than you answered by it. I think it kind of speaks what for itself. What don't you get, Jacob? There's a kid who's a black hole now. Yeah, but like, what happens to the school? Like, I feel like that would, if he is a black hole, that would cause a lot of problems. Well, like, the nurse fixes it. Get sucked in. Okay. Yeah, Jacob, the nurse fixes it. The nurse it. fixes it. There's going to be a night. Ooh, maybe that's the, the, the mom candy is actually it's nurse candy, you know? Sure. The hot nurse fixes it. And then like... Kyle Chandler obviously like has a massive crush on this nurse and there's kind of this awkward like oh my son kind of a thing uh you know maybe a bend and snap moment where the the nurse kind of like whips up and breaks Kyle Chandler's nose and then like oh how embarrassing <laughs> Kyle Chandler's really getting beat up <laughs> yeah in this film he's a very but, talented actor and he can he can take it so how does Kyle Chandler and his young boy uh, how do, how do they resolve their their differences? Well, here? I, my idea is that this really serious black hole incident—it's sort of at that point it forces a conversation. Like you really have to have a tender moment of like, you know, it's been really hard raising you without your mom, but you're like the best thing that's ever happened to me, and I love every minute of having you as my son. And the son's like, I know that you're trying really really hard, and 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 I I just am so scared about this learning disability and not being able to. Um, really feel like I can be my old prankster self anymore because it's sixth grade and shit's serious now, you know? And so they have like a kind of a nice bonding moment. And I think it just kind of ends on a nice sort of quiet, tender, bittersweet uh, tone at that point. You know, you get the gold teeth and the curse for this town. I'm on board for that. A hundred percent. Just the shins kind of happen at that point. I have a, I, I, I love that ending, but I have this burning suggestion that I've had for a, a little while here. Oh man, don't don't keep it in, man. Uh, you gotta okay, you gotta okay. let that spill out. I'm gonna I'm gonna vomit yeah, it throw out it at in this the moment. Stew. So uh I think that one way that some of the issues could be resolved is uh 
Kyle Chandler could go up, go ahead and, and out his son for his learning disability. And then there could be this, this beautiful swelling music starting up and he could say, but look at you. And then point to another student in the class and say, you, uh, you're really shitty at math. And then <laughs> points to another student. Look at you. Like, uh, you got weird fingers. Uh, look at look at every one of us. You're all uh, you're all flawed and freakish in your own ways. It's like a reverse dead poet society or something, where he's just <laughs> exactly. calling out every single member of the just class, calling out every student. And by the end, like everybody's just super embarrassed, and there's like a few kids crying. But the thing is, if everybody's embarrassed, nobody's embarrassed, and that's what what they'll realize by the end of it. They'll all have a good cry together, and they'll all laugh at each other. And then they'll be the best gosh darn English class that ever came out of that school. And in the end, Kyle's like, but at least we're not Amish, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and look at me. Oh, wait, I don't have any. <laughs> I used to be inside out, but there now I'm that not. that time when I was inside out and you all saw my beautiful, perfect uh, intestines, but now I'm perfect again. <laughs> uh, um, but but in actuality, I think that ending wouldn't work. <laughs> Jacob, I dis- I, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree, Luke. Because learning disabilities are stigmatized to a really unfortunate degree. That's true. And so why not stigmatize everything? If you stigmatize everything, you unstigmatize everything. All of us have our hangups. All of us have our issues. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> I mean, we do. That just it it just wouldn't ring true, because I think if I were watching this movie and I had a learning disability, I would think like, yeah, there are tons of people who are bad at math, and like that's just kind of seen as fine and normal and cool, if it's not an actual learning disability. I think we're saying the same thing, Luke. I'm glad. I'm glad we agree <laughs> with each other. Ah. <laughs> uh. The pitch was the friends we made along the way. True that. And let's... Sh- and the sex robot. There was, once again, no sex robots involved. Uh, and since we haven't, I, I don't think we've said it yet, let's let's ship that, that pitch, Will. Yeah. Thank you. Let's go ahead and ship it out. Uh, A, A34, the better A24? Uh-huh. You, you have my number. <laughs> what is it? Should we read it off so all the... All the pitch hunters out there can get in touch with you, too. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I get enough calls. <laughs> I get a lot of calls. For, I got a call from Mexico Do you get today. a lot of robocalls? I got a call from Panama the other day. Man, we're getting a lot of, a lot of good uh, south-of-the-border calls. Yeah. Well, thank you to all of our Panamanian listeners. And our, all we of love our you. Mexican listeners. We love you, too. Where can listeners- they find us, guys? Uh, well, I think in the United States, and probably in other places, you can find us at pitchhunt.org. You can email us through that website at info at pitchhunt.org, jacob at pitchhunt.org, luke at pitchhunt.org, or will at pitchhunt.org. And we're on social at pitch underscore hunt. Yeah. Uh, please, uh, please rate uh review uh subscribe yeah dude that would be great we'll show up in your feeds every week you don't have to listen to us every week but please do listen to us every week that'd be great if you want future updates on how joe flower 
Jacob's new plant is doing. Oh, yeah. Tune in. I'll be talking about Joe Flower extensively every week. Every pitch from here on out is going to have a, a little Easter egg about Joe Flower. So tune in for that. And his friend Joe Dirt that lives underneath him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love you. Thanks for listening. Bye bye now. We love you. Bye. 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 bye.